Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing Remembrance by Jude Devereaux. This was written in 1994 and is a standalone novel. Yes, and this is one of Lane's first romance novels. And favorite. Not gonna hide, but I love it. <laughs> and she recommended it to me when we first started trading uh, recommendations. Mm-hmm. And I read it and I was like, is this a joke recommendation, Lane? Like, am I supposed to be laughing at this book? No. Um, so I kind of uh, hate this book. And in my own defense, especially now as an adult, I recognize the issues this book has. I don't think it's good necessarily in that it's problematic as hell. The writing is very inconsistent through the whole novel. Mm -hmm. I love this book so much. Oh, gosh. Okay, let's uh, let's get into it. New York Times bestselling author Jude Devereaux plunges a modern-day woman into the mysteries of the past, where an enchanting love awaits. Best-selling romance writer Hayden Lane has never been so obsessed with one of her fictional heroes before, so entranced that she barely notices when her fiancé breaks their engagement. Desperate to discover more about him... She visits a psychic who tells her that in a past life, Hayden was Lady de Grey, a promiscuous woman of Edwardian England whose ghost is said to haunt her husband's home. Warned not to investigate further, Hayden is more intrigued than ever and can't resist being subject to a hypnotist's magic. But the trick goes wrong, and instead of merely remembering her past as Lady de Grey, Hayden is living it right down to her too tight corset. Now, Hayden will discover quite a different story about a woman history considered a trollop, a spectacular brooding man, and the rapturous love that would be hers if she dared open her heart to the most mysterious adventure of all. Oh my god. First of all, this jacket is a summary of like the first quarter of the book. Guys, did you hear what Delane just said? The first quarter of this book. That's all you get. Because not only does she go back to Edwardian England, she goes, like, further back in time. To medieval days. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> medieval days. So, first of all, I think the reason I love this book so much even now, like, and I don't, I don't know if I'd have the same feelings about it if I read it for the first time at 30, because I read it for the first time at 13, and I can't, like, undo history. But I love the balance between, like, romantic theory and like discussion of past lives and soulmates with like sinister level what the fuckery (laughs) this is sinister level weird without any of the sex spoiler alert yeah there's yeah yep no i don't know why i love it but i do so um yeah hayden is a romance author as described yeah new york and she's 39 and she's a woman who has it all but it's just not enough or fulfilling anymore and she needs a man this week the random number was 38 38 guys 38 i had to get up i had to think of 38 words for this book this was not enough i could have used more (laughs) so my summary hayden must live without her soulmate for several lifetimes because he cursed her to never love anyone but him 
literally. But sadly, she cursed them to a sexless romance. Nothing some time travel and some possession won't fix. Oh, my God. Uh, Here's my summary. This is a, a romance novel with the following elements. Past life regression, time travel, both first and third person narration, and a self-centered heroine. I could probably handle all of that if the hero appeared before the final chapter. Okay, in this book's defense, his soul appears throughout several chapters. Oh, God. I hate this book. As in most of the book, his soul is there. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I... I need more than a spiritual marriage lane. <laughs> okay, so uh, Meg covered a lot of the tropes in her summary. So this is going to yeah. be shorter than usual. Um, so there's a baby swap. <laughs> yes, there is. Super oh. manipulative parents. Time travel. Curses. Joint suicide in one of their lifetimes. Yeah, joint suicide in one of their lives. And in the other, <laughs> kind of... Kind of, sort of joint suicide. This book was written in 1994. We're spoiling it from the get-go. Meg, you want to talk about when they sex each other to death? The, the, this is the only sex scene in the book. The only sex scene in the book. And do you want to know how it ends? Their orgasms are so good that they die. Okay, they, they don't die. die. Their souls are transported back to the present together. They, they die. Leaving their Edwardian corpses behind. Is that a death? Oh, that's, yes. I think that when your soul departs your body, that is death. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's some real good orgasm, I guess. So um, at one point in one of their lifetimes, she decides to seduce him by getting stuck out in a thunderstorm and they must find shelter and then take off all their clothes. Yeah. I love it. It's getting cold out here. So take off all your clothes, but it doesn't work. So I hate it. (laughs) That's legitimate. Um, she mistakes her noble husband for a gardener or and because he's in the garden. But I think that's like a very romance trope, like the the nobleman who likes to get his hands dirty. Yeah. Not the mistaking them for the gardener, but more like, do you work out with the gardeners? Yeah. Th- it's true that most of the time they don't get to not know their husband. So, mm-hmm. yep. I mean, yes, fake identity, but is it really a fake identity? Yeah, in the end, when she pretends to be the Spanish woman to seduce him. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much crammed into this book. There's so much crammed into this book. It, this oh, is yeah. several novels, you guys. Go you on. just, like, buckle up and be along for the ride. There, the, This book... There's so much about writing, specifically about writing romance novels. That's also, like, so offensive. It's really offensive. And I haven't read this book in a couple of years, all the way through. More than a couple of years. And, man, it does not hold up well. Um, And Hayden and all past incarnation of Hayden fall into the, not a beauty, but her eyes. Right. Right, that she wasn't beautiful, but she has these this captivating hair or these captivating eyes. She always has like those two features that are really astonishing. Yeah, yeah. Astonishing. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, I love the sinister level what the fuckery, along with the concepts of soulmates and the past life regression and getting to like see these two people in love throughout time. I sincerely love it. <sighs> 
the, I, I mean, I, I said this in my summary, but I, the, the fact that there are past life regressions, the fact that there's like over the top, what the fuck is going on in this book? It, that's not what turns me off. What turns me off are the characters in this book. Those the characters suck. Yeah, this was, and I, I, this cannot be understated. This was really written in 1994. <laughs> what, was this? Do you think this book was written in the mid 90s? I think it might have been. <laughs> Everything about it. Everything. Everything that screams I, 1994. I yeah. Um. So at one point. I was shocked that this book did not personally appeal to Meg because in the um, five to six chapters of exposition where Hayden is describing herself and her career and her trips to the psychic and her research into her potential past lives, she does talk about her particular love of a Sir Richard Francis Burton. Yeah, but she also talks about how she's in love with a fictional character that she wrote herself. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but I have nothing in common with Hayden. Um, you both like classical music and you both like Richard Francis Burton. Oh my God. Two things. Two things. <laughs> Her love can't compare to mine. That's all I'm saying. Okay. She's the most self-centered heroine I've ever read. Ever. Ever. And I think the problem is that she learns nothing and in fact the entire solution to all of her problems is the fact that she is self-centered she never would have I actually genuinely liked this and I think it comes back to like Hayden is not necessarily a likable person I don't think we'd like her in real life and we've said this about other either like (laughs) I wouldn't like her in real life (laughs) <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I don't think she's likable, and I think she's actually flawed. Unlike a lot of romance novel heroines that are, you know, doormats or, you know, too independent and career driven. Like, she has actual flaws, and she kind of sucks. But yeah, but I kind of like that. She she just she leans in to those flaws. It's not like. Yeah, she's a 90s career woman trying to have it all. <laughs> yeah, but the reason she's a best-selling author, Lane, which brings me to my next point about what I hate about Hayden, the reason that she's a best-selling author is because she hasn't actually found love in her actual life. So she's got to write about love. Because, you know, if you're actually in love, you wouldn't, the whole, the reason that she writes these passionate romances is because she, like, imagines herself falling in love with her fictional character. And you can't tell me that she doesn't because she literally says, no, I was I mean, so obsessed with my fictional characters. Of their characters. But I don't think that she's a romance author because she's single. That, like, second half of your statement, entirely agree with. First half of your statement, disagree. Hmm. Oh my God. Well, uh, we can agree to disagree on that then because I found it pretty offensive. You know, if she were happily married, what would be the point? Why would she? Why would she write a love story? She would be she totally fulfilled. Stories. She would think of other stories. I don't. I didn't get that from the text. You were oh. reaching because you hated this. Uh, I'm not reaching because I hated this. She talks about the fact that she's a writer. So she's a writer because she likes. You know, she thinks about things. But 
you know, her whole life, she's making up stories about different things and blah, blah, blah. But she talks about how she's specifically a romance writer because she writes about one. And actually, this is, I don't, I don't know if like Jude Dever was like trying to be sly here and make fun of other romance authors, or if she's just acknowledging this about herself, I don't know. But she basically says that I, I loved this one character. And then I loved him so much, I wanted to write him again. So I wrote his family. <laughs> And so basically she writes the same guy in every single book. So yes. like you can't tell me that the end of this book doesn't imply that she's going to write a different kind of story now that she has her soulmate. I think she might still write romance novels with a different hero. Mm, I don't think so. But whatever. Again, we can agree to disagree. Um, so what is this book about other than Meg and I talking about like the general plot points? So the, the better summary beyond just the first 25% that you get from the book jacket is Hayden goes back in time to Edwardian times to find out that her so she is married to her soulmate, but he is divorcing her because he has never been able to consummate the relationship due to um, erectile dysfunction due to curse. And she, in an attempt to piss him off and actually lure him into her bed via fighting somehow, um, wrote a bunch of letters saying she had sex with other people she did not have sex with. And then someone took those letters and gave them to the newspapers. So she's now a harlot. And so he's going to divorce her to save his reputation and marry someone he can actually, you know, have sex with. So she's in Edwardian times and she's like, man, I made a mistake. It sucks here. I hate watching the person I love hate me this much. I'm going to go find another hypnotist to go back to the present. And this hypnotist actually sends her back to, you know, medieval times where she comes to as um, a baby being born. Oh my God. Yeah. And it turns out that her and her soulmate were first born together in medieval times. Their moms gave birth right next to each other. And due to several prayers slash curses between their mothers, they are bonded for life. They're so. bonded for life, but then they also do like a baby switcheroo. Because yeah. the poor woman had a boy and the rich woman had a girl, but the rich woman needed a boy to keep her husband happy. So they switcheroo, but then it's clear that like the babies, everybody, tons of danger. So the wet nurse who has just lost twins kidnaps both babies and runs with her husband to live in a farm in the woods where they raise the two children, but they know their whole lives. They're not brother and sister because spoiler alert, they're soulmates and they're meant to be together. So then the rich family comes back for both of them to claim them because the rich dude wants a strong son and takes them back to the manor house. But then the family tries to keep them apart and that's when they commit suicide. And that action takes them back to Edwardian present where Hayden has now learned everything she needs to learn to choose her husband and Edwardian times so they can actually have sex, thereby breaking the curses that they cast on one another. Thereby killing themselves and then catapulting them to modern they times. didn't know that that's what was going to happen. It wasn't like suicide. It was magic sex. It was accidental sex, death by sex. Yeah. Accidental sex death. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the, okay. So this book starts out in first person. Yes. It's in Hayden's point of view. She is, I, I mean, I just complained about a book by Eloisa James where it took the hero and heroine um, 
six chapters to meet each other. The first like 12 chapters of this book are all from Hayden's perspective. Yeah, she gets transported back to Edwardian times in chapter six. So yeah, Adam so gets, does show up right about the same time. Yes, so she gets transported back. Yes, that that's true. But she so the, uh, the first six chapters are um, totally like Hayden's uh, first person perspective. After right. that, they're in Edwardian times. You're still in first person perspective, but seeing out of her previous life's eyes. Mm-hmm. And then when they go back. Even further, at that point, it's like totally third person. You don't get Hayden's character at all. And so, like, I hated I hated Hayden so much. By the time we get to the third person part, I was like, yes, this is going to be so much great, like so much better. I can actually just read a story, like a love story. No, 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 no. Because then it turns into some Renesmee bullshit where they're like fated to be together forever and they grow up together. I hate that shit. Done. Okay, I will say, I think Renesmee is creepy because it's an adult werewolf falling in love with a baby. I do think it is less creepy because they are the same age. It's not child grooming. (laughs) Like, there is a distinct difference here. Um, I, I, I hated it. I couldn't believe it. I, like, I was so relieved. I literally was like, oh, yes, third person. Finally out of Hayden's nasty head. Nope. Nope. It's like horrible. I hated him so much. Okay. Okay. So I will admit one of the flaws of this book now and one of the things that does make it difficult to review it as like a sexy romance novel as an adult is a lot of the book does take place when they're kids. Yeah. Yeah. So most, I'd say at least half of the chapters from the medieval perspective are like them between the ages of eight and 13. Yes. Which I read this for the first time at 13. Definitely different to read that as an adult. Oh God, yeah. So in hindsight, would I have changed that? Yes. Oh, if you if you were writing this book, and I, I mean, I think that was that was hard for me too because it seesaws between this like thirty nine year old set in her ways, like extremely self centered person, yeah, to like in Edwardian times, Lady De Grey, she's what like in her twenties, right? Twenty seven. Yeah, there you go. And then you go back to like birth, so it, not only is she going back in time, she's like getting younger. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> mhm. It is full of what the fuckery. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not disputing that. So, um, Meg, what offended you about this book in particular? You mean besides all the things I just mentioned? Yeah. <laughs> well. Like the um, stuff that you would call trigger warnings, content warnings. I, I, I don't know, Lane. I wouldn't, I wouldn't read this. Whole, I, I don't recommend this book, basically. Like, don't read it. It's horrible. Lane loves it. Um, I don't. Is there anything specifically offensive about it besides everything I just talked about? Um, well, I think probably the thing that that bugged me the most was the fact that she she just needed to find her soulmate. So basically, yeah. the the whole the whole point of this book is that she she was living with a man. She was engaged to be married to him. And he just wasn't good enough for her, which, you know what? 
if that was the end of the book, if like the book was, she's like, I'm just not happy with this guy. And at the end she broke up with him. I wouldn't be a romance novel, but I probably would have been like, okay, maybe I see the point of this book. (laughs) No, it just basically the whole book is, is normal guy is not good enough for you. Like you have to, you have to literally go back in time and find your soulmate. You have to kill yourself twice to find your soulmate and only then can you be fulfilled. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think a lot about that reading it now, like the emphasis that's placed on husband as a means to fulfillment because, but I think ultimately what I kind of like about this book and what I've noticed, I always am drawn to in other books we read and you never are, is this is very fairy tale Yeah. Like, it is very love is end-all, be-all, everything else is secondary. And the difference here is that you're actually set in a modern setting, so it's kind of directly criticizing empowered independent women in a way most books aren't because they're set in the past, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the mystical soulmate true love thing and do in other books as well. And inherently, when you're buying into that, you're buying into it as the most important and fulfilling thing. Yeah. So I'm simultaneously offended by it and like it. Yeah, it's and I, I think it's the way it's written that if that affects it for me. Mm-hmm. I, I have read books. I mean, I've, I have I'm read not- shifter books where the whole point is you meet your fated mate, the person that you're fated to be with. And then you have to like drop all your other relationships and go be with them um that I really enjoy I think no I'm not saying you're not capable of liking a fairy tale or a soulmate book I'm saying I think I am particularly drawn to that plot point and to you it's you can take or leave it it depends on the rest of the stuff oh yeah for sure and I I think for me again I mean I've talked about this many times the reason I read these books is because I want to see a relationship be built there's no relationship building in this book Yeah, I mean, inherently, right? The fact that she's going back to fix past lives means she's growing in herself, but they're not actually growing in their relationship together. Yeah. Because he's not going to remember what the hell happened. And even when you get back to, and I think that's what I was looking forward to in the third person part, I was going to say, oh, this was the the origin story. I'm going to see how they fell in love. Well, no, the reason they fall in love is because there's like a, a curse placed on them. So they didn't have a choice in it anyway. There was, again, no relationship building, you know, they were raised in a house together. So, like, you don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. I'm like, do I, did I build a relationship with my brother? I mean, I guess I did, but it's, it's, it's yeah, different. Yeah, but that thing. was only one of the lifetimes, right? Like, <laughs> God, the thing is, I, I don't know how to talk about this book seriously, because it's so absurd like I it's talking about the censors it's just that this is like one that I actually have real affection for yeah yeah but yeah to me it's right one of the lifetimes they were raised together but I did like the yin and yang of their personalities that he's the diplomat and she's the firecracker I don't know oh gosh yeah I find the concept romantic okay (laughs) (laughs) that's fine Um, I do want to call out though like we said this is very 1994 and that does mean it's dismissive of therapy all the soulmates are only men and women Mm -hmm. when she goes back in time and 
comes upon the gardeners at the mansion. She has some pretty racist thoughts. Um, so it's very much a product of its time. Mm-hmm. And just be prepared for that if you decide to pick it up. Yeah. And um, just so you know, in the final chapter where she finally does meet her soulmate, part of the reason she knows her soulmates is because she checks his passport and they have the same birthday. Because they've had the same birthday in every lifetime. Right. I mean, yes. But also, like, I don't know. He just shows up at her door. He just, like, literally shows up at her apartment, comes in, and she's like, let me check your passport, please. And she's like, oh, yes, you are my soulmate. Part of their curse is that they're always born on the same day and die on the same day. Mm-hmm. In the lifetimes when they're together. Because there's plenty of lifetimes when you're accidentally born apart. <laughs> Apparently. According to the psychic lady. Nora. Nora. And yeah. Nora was like, don't, like, don't do it. And I think that's the other thing, too, is Hayden's just like, I'm going to ignore your advice. And it works. It's, like, perfect. It, like, works out perfectly for her. Apparently, she does almost die from the hypnotism, but because you're in Hayden's head, you don't really know that. Mm-mm. No, you don't know that. And it doesn't matter anyway, because there's a very happy ending, which is that she meets some guy and then she has to check his passport to learn his name and his birthday. Yes. And um, uh, maybe like the worst part about this book is it's not sexy, um, like at all. Yeah, this is definitely the cute PG romance side of things, not the raunchy explicit side of things. And I think what does compound that, as I mentioned, a lot of the book, they are very young. And then the parts of the book where they are not very young, the one sex scene is her trying to break the curse. So it's really Mm -hmm. theatrical and it does end with their souls being resorbed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely not like explicit or hot or like you're not, it's not, character building it's plot based i i love i'm sorry lane i love that you you refuse to say that they die because <laughs> they don't they commit suicide in the first well yeah joint suicide in the first life but in the second time they're not trying to die <laughs> but i mean you know that happens sometimes people are not trying to die and yet they die yeah it's not like you wake up and you're like I'm gonna die today fair all right they sex to death they sex to death yeah trying to break the curse but they succeed but they die so I don't know I mean there 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 are things that I probably would like if it were presented in a different way I just I couldn't handle this I can't handle her writing in this book. I've read Jude Devereaux that, that I remember enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but this book was, uh, I hated it so much. Yeah. I don't, clearly I love it. And like in that way, I recommend it in that like I enjoy reading it. Mm-hmm. But even I have to admit it's really dated. Yeah. And it's not anything like our usual fare or what we like. And I have, I am forced to confront that a lot of my affection for it is a combination of nostalgia and my particular affinity for fairy tale time travel. <laughs> fairy tale time travel. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm specifically not mentioning Outlander here. But I don't like Outlander. So I know. I'm. 
because Outlander's not fairy tale time travel, it's just time travel. That's okay. my hill and die on. Okay. <laughs> you gotta pick your battles. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy listening, uh, we would love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe.